I says to the doctor, that's not my appendix, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, oh greetings, true believers, and welcome once again <laughs> to the Games and App Podcast, the show where we share our opinions on all things gaming with you, our wonderful audience, in hopes to create a positive community where gamers, both casual and hardcore alike, share their own thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I'm Andrew Fiak. And I'm Brandon Carnan. And God damn it, does it feel good to be back in the saddle again? <laughs> I can only What's imagine. What's going on? Can only imagine. Oh, uh, yeah, man. What a long, what a long week. What an emotional yeah. week. Yeah. Between that and just sitting through three hours of Endgame, I just everything. <laughs> I was just. Uh, it's the best kind of stress. End yeah. Game. Endgame, at least. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. No spoilers, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, but I can't believe they went through with the Ant-Man thing going up Thanos' butt. That was great. I know. Crazy. I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be a fun little nod here. And then it, it just happened. I didn't think they were going to go through with it. But, you know, kudos to Paul Rudd, man. Yeah, he, he was really into it, if you know what I'm saying. I just, and, uh, it, and but in all seriousness, no spoilers. I, I can't believe they all sit down and have cake with Thanos at the end. I thought they were for sure going to fight to the death. Yeah. But the fact that they just sit down and kind of just like talk it out and figure it out and just have some cake, it's, it's pretty gnarly, man. Yeah, I thought there was going to be way more uh, fighting involved in, in, in getting him to undo the snap. But it turns out that, uh, as the saying goes, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And that cake that mm-hmm. Black Widow made was just like Black Widow's yeah. Black Forest cake, man. No beating it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, man. If only there that movie just had some fan service in it, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's like go the, see Endgame. It was incredible. It was awesome. <laughs> for real, go see it. Uh, but yeah, while uh, Brandon, top of the show, just want to thank you for covering for me last week oh, while I was out on no medical. Problem. No problem. Uh, it's good to know that you got my back in those situations that you keep the folks entertained. So That's we right. appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. No problem. But enough sentimental endgame spoiler cast and <laughs> talking about appendixes and non-appendix people. Should we rename the podcast Two Guys One Appendix? Oh, well, I mean, we could. No, we could. Think about it. What All happens right. if What happens if mine is about to pop? Oh, then we just end the podcast. <laughs> podcast is over. Yeah, it's pretty much just two healthy. guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. In all seriousness, uh, listen to your body. Go to the doctor. Uh, if your body's telling you you're hurting, don't try to be Superman. Just just go to the doctor. It's the best thing you can do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> aside from all that, uh, we did, and I, got to spend a lot of time playing games uh, while I just sit at home and recover from surgery. Specifically, I've been playing some Mortal Kombat 11, uh, mm. but I'm not ready to talk about that one yet. Oh, because I was going to let you start things off there, but if you're not ready... I was going to. I thought about it this week. Um, I finished the story, but I think I need some more time with it because there's there's a lot of content in that game. Yeah. 
and I really enjoyed the story. Spoiler alert. I thought it was really well done and it blew me away because uh, I didn't expect to be at all invested in a Mortal Kombat story, but it's really good. I do want to get some gameplay capture and I do want to talk about it with you guys. So maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Not next week, but the following week since we got something special lined up for next week, maybe for episode 25. Little something special. A little, little something special for the kids. A little special. A little special. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, I played a lot of Switch, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I downloaded um, Katana Zero, if you know what that is. No clue. Uh, <laughs> played a little bit of that, and I'll tell you guys about that. I want to finish that one before I talk about it. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a short indie game. Um, but a really well done indie game. Switch is just crushing the indie game market. Hannah might become my uh, my conduit for indie games because she's been crushing them lately. Yeah, she texted Emily and I over the weekend and said that she came across another Metroidvania style like puzzle game that she was really engaged with, and I I uh, put it on my wish list. I'm going to wait for that thing to yeah pinstripe. I'm going to wait for me to not have something to play and pick it up. She What's actually, it called again? pinstripe she she finished pinstripe. it over the weekend and she she was pretty much playing it while i was playing days gone yeah and she went all the way through it and she got to the end and i guess after you beat the game there's some stuff that you can unlock after you go back through uh the first mm-hmm. time she went back through and did like 90 percent of it again oh god is, so, is it a quick playthrough nina um i think it was about seven hours okay that's so she was, i mean that's Perfect some, for me. She's these putting days. some good time into it, and yeah. kudos to her for for really going back and getting the uh, the second round in there. I was I was impressed. Yeah, and, man, uh, that's really hard these days for me to want to go back in and play another game. Yeah, but like she, after finishing it. Yeah, her second one. She didn't go all the way through the second one. She just wanted to see. I guess there was like a, a nice weapon that you can get, and she wanted to see how much of a difference it made. And uh, I mean, the, the second playthrough was was shorter like you would expect just because mm-hmm. you know she knew some of the ins and outs but um she also picked up uh rhyme oh i heard about that i i haven't heard much of it i've just heard that like in scene that it has some pretty positive reviews at least on steam so hmm. she start just started that she says it's pretty cool she likes it so i think the uh playing hob really i think is what got her <clears throat> kind of keyed into those type of games so she's yeah it sounds like she's on a little bit of a metroidvania kick yeah yeah and she's been playing uh uh yoshi's crafted world too mm. and uh she kind of took took, took a break from that because like you know those mario style games are pretty much you know they are what they are yeah yeah so she's just kind of breaking it up with some some little indie finds and stuff and she seems mm. to be enjoying herself so I'd like to maybe get her on here and uh Definitely, she has to say about some of these uh, indie games because she seems like she's going to be well versed in them. Well, Hannah, if you're out there and you're listening, I see you're in the chat. Don't know if you're still here, but (laughs) if uh, you need a Metroidvania to play for cheap on Switch, uh, play Yoku's Island Express. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to mention that to her. That was one of my favorite games last year. It's a great Metroidvania and it's a pinball game. Yeah, I think she enjoy. I think she dig the art style, too. Oh, I think she'd love it. The music is on point, too. Yeah, yeah it's really well it. done. Yeah. It's yeah, like if DreamWorks made a Metroidvania game. <laughs> not Disney, not Pixar. DreamWorks. No, DreamWorks. <laughs> uh, but Brandon, 
you've also been playing some Days Gone. This is one of the rare weeks where you and I have actually played the same game. Yeah. Yeah. We've synced up pretty well on that, I would say. I put a, so a I'm, good bit of time into it. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet. I wanted to make sure that everything we talked about was fresh on the podcast. Yeah, anything um, just very, very surface level, if anything, prior very to surf, this Very movie. surface level. How how far along, hours-wise, would you say you are in Days Gone right now? Um, I'm probably... I'm probably about at the 10, 12 hour mark, somewhere around there. Okay. I think I'm probably double that. I think I'm right around like the 20 hour mark. Okay. I just, I just got through some of the stuff on the Southern part of the map. I just, st- I just unlocked that portion. Okay. I think but, the la- last thing I did was uh deer hunting. Uh, with Copeland. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I am. An idea. I'm dead. I'm, Okay, I'm definitely past that. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I even uh, typically Brandon and I share um, a Google Doc of notes that we want to go back and forth from, and mm-hmm. but I made sure to keep it separate. I didn't want to be influenced by anything he was writing down. I made sure to not listen to any other publications or podcasts that we listened to that were going through the game. I really want this to be as organic as possible between the two of us to see yeah. what we really think because I have some very strong feelings about this game, both positive and negative. Me too. Um, good because I wonder how I much really, we're gonna match up this is gonna be i think this is i think this is really this is a really special game for some very unique reasons and i want to i want to go through that so brandon i'm gonna throw the ball into your court because sure. i'm done talking here <laughs> tell us about days gone so days gone is it's an open world game it's actually i would say probably one of the first big like zombie centric titles and in a while um they kind of fell off the radar for a good while but previously they had been really yeah like kind of first party exclusive like triple a studio yeah right um so it was kind of uh, sort of a brush of fresh air wow (laughs) a brush of fresh air (laughs) let me rewind that (laughs) a breath of fresh air there we go don't forget to brush your froth air guys nailed it um The, the interesting thing about this is that um, you play as Deacon St. James. St. John. St. John. Always mix those up. Or as everybody calls him, Deke. Deke. Hey, Deke. Deke. This is Boozer. <laughs> when I turned the subtitles on, because I was playing this while uh, Nate was running around, and I didn't want to miss mm. anything important, I turned the subtitles on like at the very beginning before they say his name is Boozer. Right. I was just like cracking up. I was like, that's such a motorcycle club yeah. nickname. Uh, yeah. But anyways, you, you play as Deacon St. John mm-hmm. and uh, you're, you're accompanied by your biker club buddy Boozer, the booze man. Yeah. Um, and in your your main method of traversing through the game's world is an upgradable motorcycle, which is pretty cool. That's one of my one of the more unique things about this game. Yeah, um, I think very the, similar to the the horse that you would have in Red Dead Redemption. Yes, very absolutely. Similar. Like you got to pet it, you got to feed it, you got to exercise it. Just that so you got to fuel up your bike, you yeah. got to repair it, you got to upgrade it. Blah blah blah. Yeah, lot, lots of cool stuff that kind of stems from 
the motorcycle itself and, and how they handle some of the mechanics with that. But we'll get mm-hmm. into that shortly here. Oh, um, yes. <clears throat> one of, I think, one of the more kind of uh, apparent features with this game, I think they really kind of uh, were showing it off in the uh, original like test videos, is the zombies, which they call freakers in this game. Freakers are freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Uh, with this engine that they're using, they're able to put a ton of zombies on screen at once. And yes. um, you'll be in situations where you might have, you know, like two or three and then sometimes, you know, five to seven. Sometimes it's like 10 to 15. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it's like 20 to 30. And it's just right. this big mob. And they're like not not Romero slow zombies. They are like uh, 28 days later, like fast, mm-hmm. angry zombies yeah, that will chase I'd, you for a good chunk of uh distance yeah that's a, that's a good that's a good point they're not i wouldn't say they're like world war z zombies they're like though the, i think world war z zombies are like the most aggressive zombies yeah just like literally climbing on top of each other yeah and, like, like that like when i think of a horde of zombies i think of world war z but not to that extent like they make like a tidal wave of yeah. undead i would say these are more like a herd instead of a horde yeah they call them hordes but herd is is definitely yeah more appropriate here yeah i think at most i think you'd have i i have taken out a horde in the game no no spoilers here i have taken out a horde and I think when you when you kill uh, freakers in this game, you pick up their ears as mm-hmm. like a bounty that you can turn in at bounty places at different camps across the map. And you can trade those in for credits at the camps uh, to then use to upgrade your bike, your weapons and stuff. And I think at, at any time uh, killing a horde, you get like anywhere from 50 to 80. So that's a, that's wow. a significant amount of, of freakers in a, in a horde. That's huge. That's a I, that's I, I might not even have, have actually come across a horde then. I, I don't been. think you I don't think you have and I'll we'll, we'll get to that. That's later. pretty dramatic because the the large quantities that I have come across so far I've been like wow that's a ton of zombies and apparently that's not even scratching the surface. Which yeah. That kind of makes me a little excited. But yeah. You. Um any other overview kind of thoughts to uh add to that there Andrew? Um yeah, I think it's important to mention so just story-wise so everybody's on the same page. Uh you're like Brandon said you play as Deacon St. John or Deke. Um, and the game thrusts you into a flashback, very, very similar to The Last of Us. I, I kept thinking Last of Us when it was launching. And this yeah. this isn't a spoiler. This is like the first five, ten minutes of the game. I'm pretty sure that's so, even in some of the uh, trailers. As well. Oh, probably. So Deacon, so Deacon St. John, um, Boozer, and who I, I assume is not a wife because I don't think they're married, but Deacon's significant other Boozer refers to her as little sister. I don't know if her and Boozer are related, but she's like this skinny blonde woman. I think her name is Sarah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're related because of the, the very first, like the first flashback after you've played the game for a couple hours. Yeah. I think when they say, when he's, when Boozer calls her little sister, I think that's like biker gang. Yeah. Uh, right. or at, the, at the very least it's just like a little sis kind of yeah it, it didn't seem you're right it wasn't like that affectionate I, but i i don't know because i i had a hard time gathering it all together but it 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 thrusts you into a scene where all three of them are on a rooftop and there's a nero chopper nero is the company in the world that is 
like the the government officials, the it, feds. It's who like are, their their version of FEMA, basically. It, yeah, exactly. And uh, Deacon uh, Sarah has been stabbed. She has a stab wound in her ch- in her stomach. Mm-hmm. And Deacon's trying to get her onto a plane to whatever refugee um, camp I think refugee is. camp that they can find or whatever they can do to get her some medical attention because right. she's she's slowly bleeding out. She's gone septic, um, much like you would have. She's going septic, <laughs> much like I would have. Um, so Deacon gets uh, to the plane. He's like, hey, can you take all three of us? We need to go. This guy's like, I, I, I'm, I don't run the plane. I'm just an intern. My name's O'Brien. <laughs> and then he and then so Deacon does the biker thing where he gets all tough and he pulls out a gun and he's like, this is my girlfriend. You get her on the effing plane, mother F. He doesn't swear mother F or I don't think there's any swearing in the beginning scene anyway. but no. but he's he's threatening her and long story short he only has room for two people on the plane boozer's also injured boozer has a busted up leg yeah he and can, he can't very, move yeah very slow and they're and they're in the thick of it they are in the hot zone right now in the middle of a city in oregon so um he asks deacon asks that o'brien the guy who's running this Nero chopper to take Sarah to a refugee camp asks where the refugee camp is mm-hmm. and that he's going to stick with Boozer rather than go with Sarah and make sure Boozer gets out of the city. Cause they're, you know, they're, they're biker bros. Right. They're, they, they ride together, die together. Which was a really weird scene to start me off with because off the bat, I don't like Deacon. Yeah. Because to put your, Love of your life, significant other on a plane and go, I got to go with my ride or die. Even though Boozer's like, get on the plane, dude. What are you doing? You're stupid. Go with Sarah. And Deegan's like, no, it's good. So he gives Sarah a ring. It's like a big fat biker ring. And it's significant because you see it on the loading screens for the game. It is is actually in in staring at that. And this is what we'll kind of probably come back around to this because I have a feeling we'll probably have the same complaint. Um it that is like if you look at like the vmc patch on their vests mm-hmm. it is so they're 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 they're, they're called game. marauders what the are they mon- called mongrels mongrels that's it it's like it, the patch it's like a like a skeletal like nasty looking like dog biting a chain mm-hmm. the ring is that same skull head and then the actual like band of the ring is the chain Okay, and he get, he so he gives that ring to Sarah, and he says, "Koi, I, I I want this back." Meaning, I'll see you again. Right. And Sarah, who is she's running a fever, she's bleeding out. She just looks at Deacon and she shakes her head and she just goes, "No." And then the chopper leaves. <laughs> and then super we super awkward. Yeah, and then we flash for we fast forward five years Two after years. those events. Two, Two years, years. seven hundred and forty-one days, I think it is. You're right. Days 741 days gone. Days gone. Yes. Okay. Uh, every time you pause the game, it tells you how many days have passed and it says 700 and blah, blah, blah. Days gone. Yes. I want to know how high that number can go. Yes. Out of curiosity. Also, let me know. <laughs> and it's, it's sleep. It's, it's re- sleep over, yep. over and over. It's, it's in game days. Yep. So it's not like it's not like real world days. And yep. it, I, as far as I know, no significance right now. Just yeah. is a cool little thing in the yeah. pause menu, Which, but that's how the game it. starts off. Yeah. Thrust you now. You're in the the wilderness of Oregon. You're riding with Boozer, and uh, that's how the game starts you off. You go through a little mini tutorial, and then some story stuff happens, and then you gotta start getting your hands dirty for plot reasons. Yep. Does the Metroid thing where you start off with a really badass bike, and then all for oh, things happen, and your bike is no more. You have yeah a, a beater. 
Yeah. So the very so the very first thing that happens, long story short, is uh, you run into some rippers. Rippers are a rival cultists. gang, a, a cultist. That's a yeah. better. It's not. They're not a biker gang, but they're like shirtless, bald. They kind of look people. like. Uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any <laughs> different races of rippers, but they have. They 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 blade themselves. They have cuts and scars everywhere, and they have like R's and anarchy symbols carved into their foreheads and their backs and stuff. They, they actually, get a hold. They look uh, very similar to uh, Victor Zaz, if you're familiar with him from Batman. Yes, yes, that's exactly what they look like. That's a great analogy. Um, Boozer, uh, d- you know, plot stuff happens. You need to find parts for for your bike to repair, like the fuel. I think it's like the fuel injector or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know where one is. Boozer tries to create a distraction for you and get all the freakers to run away from a, a, an auto park garage that you know of while you go in to find a fuel injector. And when you go back to find Boozer, he's been... Um, ambushed by some rippers and they take a blowtorch and they completely incinerate his right arm yeah they're trying to burn his tattoos off yep from from el- from the elbow down and mm-hmm. so he's got like third fifth to fifth degree burns running a fever burning up so his deacon you got to take him back to your little base which is a it's cool it's like a little fire it's watch tower really sweet base really cool um and you start going out as deacon and trying to help your friend and the whole idea is that you guys want to fix up your bikes gather everything you have and start heading north get away from oregon get away from the memories of sarah who we don't know what happened to her get away from nero all the freakers and just start anew somewhere else yep. so that's that's how the game thrusts you into this world yep anything else i missed nope i think that's a, a pretty good plot set up without uh getting too much into detail yeah all right so brandon what do you like about days gone well the bike as like the the analog to like the horse in red dead i really like the idea of the bike um Mm -hmm. it's just it, it handles well it handles a lot better than motorcycles do in most games so just right off the bat like it's a nice change of pace it's not like in grand theft auto where you hit a bump and you're you know supermaning across right. the the screen or anything like that yep. um so when it comes to the bike there are two two main things that you kind of have to keep an eye on with the bike there's the the bike's actual like condition and then the fuel level mm-hmm. so um as you ride um, obviously you use fuel. Um, if you do things like coasting down hills and just basically like same type of stuff you would do to, uh, I don't either. The same type of stuff you would do to like conserve fuel, like in real life, basically just like not pedal to the metal all the time applies here. Um, there are upgrades to the gas tank and to other components of the bike, you know, to make it more durable, to make it quieter, you know, and so on. Um, but with the fuel tank, you have two options basically to refill it. So, um, if you come across a gas station, you can drive right up to the pump, fill it up there. Um, at your base, you have a, uh, a, not like a pump, it's just like a, a can, like a large, yeah, you have, you have like a, like a stationary drum Yeah, Mm -hmm. that you can fill up from and then you never run out. You never, you never run out of gas in those like in those areas so gas stations never run out of gas right your home drums never run out of gas um even if you find like you were i'm sorry i cut you off but you were gonna say about the canisters that you can find too right yeah just like the red red, yeah yeah 
those also never run out. Those are full infinity. So yeah, you could you, you find to go one back. and it'll fill you up from zero all the way up to a hundred percent fuel forever. You forever. can put it. You can leave it at the same like Nero checkpoint where you found one, or mm. like or like uh, auto or um, uh, uh, not a pickup truck. The, the thing that the tow, the, trucks. the tow truck thank yeah. you um they always have gas cans on them too so you can just go back to that same one if you know where one is and that gas can will always have gas in it right yeah, yeah. pretty much where, wherever you see a gas can spawn it's it's a like a consistent spawn and they're all like mm-hmm. the, the contents of the can are, are always infinite yes um, you can also throw the gas can and, and shoot it and i believe it blows up i've never done it i popped up it a does tip and i just was yeah like, oh, it, it okay. acts the same way as a molotov does okay um so that's one thing you have to keep an eye on so it, it's kind of interesting um especially because this game has a tendency to send you you know from the east side of the map to the west and you know make you travel and do like a big uh, you know, decent sized trips since mm-hmm. they're typically not clustered in, in terms of like where right. uh, the missions and stuff are so it, it's kind of cool where it kind of makes you plan out a little bit um, you know, am I going to have enough fuel to, to get from point A to point B? And then if you don't, like you have to actually do a little bit of scavenging on the way. Um, I think it's important to note, you mentioned, uh, the, it's important to know like your travel distances and how long that's going to take, how far it is, knowing how much gas you can always check on the map. It'll tell you right. how many gallons it takes to go somewhere, or how many hours it takes to like checkpoint bases, camps, and things that you can fast travel to. Cause right. as long as you're near your bike, you can fast travel anywhere as long as you have the gas right. to get there. Yep. And if you um, don't have the gas, then you have to pick somewhere closer or find a tank right. and fill up. And I think it's it's important to, for people to understand the map size. It's almost identical to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. It is almost the exact same size. Yep. So it's a very small world, but it's a very dense, dense world. Super dense. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Little towns, farms, yeah. neighborhoods, stuff like that. Um, but the other thing with your bike is you have, they have to keep an eye on is its condition. So like if you go off jumps and you don't land parallel with the ground or you like ram into zombies, run into anything, it takes mm. damage from being shot, things like that. Um, then that the condition of the bike goes down. You have to collect scrap in order to repair it. I think at least where I'm at in terms of the skill trees and stuff, it it takes six pieces of scrap to repair it from zero all the way up to full. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you can you cap out at at ten scrap. I don't know if that's yep expand. You can increase it, but that's uh, yeah you can in your skill tree. Um, so the bike is pretty fun. I, I like I like the fuel mechanic and the uh, the the repairing is. I feel like that's pretty standard. But the fuel is kind of like the the one that's a little bit different from from the norm. Um, it's it makes you feel more like you actually have a reason to get off of the bike between point A and point B and look around and try to find stuff. Um, and I think the thing that kind of ties in with that is I feel like they really struck a very good balance with, um, how scarce the items are that you have to collect for crafting for fuel and all that stuff. Um, because even with like ammo, um, it's much like in the last of us where, it's almost like carry some stuff in reserve, but you're not like you're not carrying around like a hundred rounds of anything. Like you, maybe, no, you get like I think like three mags if it's like a, a an assault rifle or, or an SMG, and I think you get like maybe yeah. two for your pistol. So like you're really only carrying 
somewhere like around like uh, you know very limited for for the different classes of weapons you know right 20 you, rounds you for a pistol. will if if you primarily use weapons you will run out of ammo extremely fast yes and it's and, not it's not impossible it's not hard to come by in the world it you will find it at, especially at like ambush camps or bandit camps or like right. bases yeah. and stuff but you can also go to any merchant and buy ammo and totally refill with i, I, I haven't bought ammo once <laughs> I, yeah i think that t- to me that like it takes away from the experience i like having to find like cause so you can if you see a police car you can go up to the mm. trunk and uh jimmy yeah. the lock with your your boot knife and then there's always ammo inside of police cars so mm-hmm. i stick to that just because i don't know it's, it feels more authentic to me and uh I, don't know, I just i like i like how this game handles like the the need to go out and like scavenge and, and hunt and things like that um, yeah i think i like of- i like the uh you mentioned the the last of us the the craft and like inventory and item wheel is almost identical yeah to the last of us and i love i love that that was a great system i'm glad they totally ripped it off because it really works here especially in the fray because when you're in the thick of it and doing things, you can immediately craft bandages. You can craft Molotov cocktails. You can craft um, uh, uh, distractions, traps. Um, you can make. You can take an oil canister and use it as a, as a suppressor on your pistol. Mm. Um, Which it's, really it, cool detail when you first put it on there. If you notice that the, it's yeah like the flat, bullet. and then the first mm. shot actually shoots the hole through the end. I thought it was a, a cool so little detail. Yeah. This game is extremely detailed. Mm-hmm. Like. Even just looking at Deacon's character model, there's so much going on with him, more so than I can say about any protagonist I've seen in a game before. Yeah. He's just got story and context all over his body from tattoos, the clothing, the holes, the rips in his jeans, where they are, the notches in his elbows, of like his pads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he is just head to toe context storytelling yeah you can like so a big part of the game is like flashbacks and like the further back you go with the flashbacks the less tattoos he has did mm-hmm. you notice that and the shorter yeah and the shorter his hair and beard and stuff mm-hmm. um and like yeah. colors like the colors of his clothes that he's wearing like fade so like the hat that he has is it says it always says like farewell oregon on it mm-hmm. like in the flashbacks the hat's perfectly fine but in modern day like some of the letters are off. There's like a red trim that's around the F on the back of the hat for the farewell. That's all faded from the sun. Mm-hmm. Really well brim, done. Brim is like frayed and mm-hmm. like you can, I think they're even yeah. it, it, like it, it doesn't, it's like a fitted cap, so, but it doesn't fit as well in like the, like when you're actually playing as him, like it's just been like, you know, beat to hell. Right. Um, but yeah, he is a super detailed character model. The, uh, when they did the, uh, the facial scans, for the actor, I think it's uh, Sam Whitworth, the same guy that plays Starkiller mm-hmm. in uh, Force Unleashed games. Sure is, dude. Like it is one hundred percent, without a doubt, that actor. Like you can tell, like the yeah. first, the very first time, like in like the the alpha footage that they showed, it was like that good. Then, like you could tell, like this is that same actor, and the uh, the facial capture is like spot on. Even like um, so, he like he'll kind of talk to himself and narrate and like when he does like his mouth moves and everything and it's that's all like mo-capped and everything so it's mm-hmm. like, like you said big time uh into the details which is you know pretty good for a game of, of this scale yeah it's appreciated um 
because even games that are similar in size and scope, and I, let's just use other Sony exclusives like Horizon, God of War, Last of Us. Um, I, I mean, Kratos is pretty detailed, and, and maybe what's her face? I don't know what her name is from Horizon. Aloy. Aloy. Yeah. Yeah, your main character is um, detailed. Like so, Horizon Zero Dawn. I feel like is probably the best one to one comparison, just because. Um, God I feel of like War only games, has like five people in it. Really, did those games run on the same engine? I don't think so. This and but they and this and Horizon, they're almost identical. They do feel really similar. The only thing that feels inclined, different is like I'm, I'm going to say, say no. no. Yeah, but I'm going to say that the resources that they used from Sony are the same. Probably. Um, Before we get, I have. I'll look that up while we're. Yeah, I I want to comment on the on the bike. You brought the bike up first, Mm -hmm. and I think the bike's important because your bike's more important than anything else that you have on your person. It's more important than your guns. It's more important than anything else that you have. It's more important than Boozer. Everything else you come across, your bike is everything. It right. gets it you is, everywhere. It is your lifeline. Like if you it are is. in a bad situation where you have a ton of freakers coming down on you, like you have to get to the bike or you're dead in mm-hmm. a lot of situations. Yeah. And that's something I really want to praise the game for is it is much more a stealth game than I thought it was. Yes. Especially uh, considering like what they showed in like the original video was like very like combat heavy where you're you're running mm-hmm. from a horde, throwing Molotov, shooting at them. I very rarely do any of that. N- rarely. I just started doing it because I have such an abundance of resources from just scouring and gathering stuff from empty buildings and mm-hmm. you can go in almost any building you see which i love i love when yes. i can do that mm-hmm. and there's context to everything there's stories being told in each one of the buildings you can tell who's been there previously how long they were there um it's very well done but going back to the bike i have a real love-hate relationship with the bike and i know I it's so. well the bike you start off with is is a beater bike, and it's it's noted in the game. Deacon refers to it as such because it's not his bike that he spent years building. Mm-hmm. It's a new one because the bike that he had, he hid. It got picked up by some people from a camp that was local and then got scrapped out for parts. They didn't know um, it was his. Which and that, to they me, didn't know that it was Deacon's. Narratively, that... It seems like such BS to me. Oh, they because, knew it was his bike. Right. Because he's been, he had been working with that camp. Like mm-hmm. everyone there knows him by name. Um, it just, it felt like a lame way. Like I would have been more accepting if, you know, like the Rippers or somebody, some like an antagonist yeah. type faction and taking it versus but it, someone that he knew. It, it does kind of set up that dog eat dog world that they want to have because it's kind of a. Yeah, true every man for himself but you know you know you you snooze you lose type thing yeah um i agree with you but i also don't think i started off playing this game where i didn't love deacon i'm coming around to deacon i don't Mm -hmm. think we're supposed to like deacon right away so i really didn't feel bad that's i didn't feel bad somebody took his bike i was just like okay i'll I'll get another one no big deal but back back to the bike real quick before I get off topic. Love hate relationship with it. I hated the beater bike that I had. I now have like a level two, level three bike where I've like added some upgrades to it, and it's mm-hmm. made a huge difference. Namely, with the fuel tank, fuel burns so fast in this game. Yeah, driving what feels like a mile burns seventy five percent of your tank. 
And that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand it contextually and from a space standpoint in the map, it makes sense. It's just so frustrating because it is a resource you have to manage, much like everything else that you have on your person, your ammo, your bandages, mm-hmm. your scrap, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I get frustrated with it. It It's also so fragile. If you like, even if you think you've landed perfectly on the ground, it, it makes a sound like you dropped an entire open box of tools. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden smoke starts coming out the sides and now I've got to get off my bike. I've got to waste my scrap. I've got to repair the bike, get back mm-hmm. on it. And then I can keep going. God forbid I'm trying to get away from a horde of freakers or worse, like a bear or wolves or something. Yeah. Um, it's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Um, and the, the controls of the bike itself and even just the controls in general, the controls for Deacon feel very stiff to yes. me. Mm-hmm. It there's feels a, very, there's a very large dead zone. Yes. Um, and all, it's everything tied to the control sticks. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I, I don't, I don't want to make this whole podcast, a review of why days gone isn't as good as horizon zero dawn, God of other Sony first party exclusives that this clearly has inspiration from takes after and is in succession too. there's right. there there's a there's an argument to be made that all of these sony AAA first party exclusives that we've got for the last few years on the ps4 are all very similar in their mm-hmm. own way but they all bring something very unique and special to the fold yeah god of war brought you know a new type of storytelling to the genre did a whole new thing it had all these different unique worlds that you could travel to and stuff um, same thing with Horizon Zero Dawn, just a whole new sci-fi fantasy realm that we've never been to before mm-hmm. and all these robotic animals and stuff and there's just the tight controls in that game. Both of those games had such a great one-to-one feel as your as the character. Right. Deacon feels like I can go up, back, left, right, or diagonal. Yeah. He has no he has no uh, he has none of that in between turning momentum and the aiming and gunplay in this game is so frustrating i had to toggle with the sensitivity so much to get it to a point where i was like okay i'm comfortable with this and pro tip if you haven't done it the second you can get a nero injector and give yourself some focus get focus yeah because being able to focus and aim your gun has helped me get out of some sticky situations otherwise you are not going to be able to aim for headshot this game it is very difficult yeah no i 100 percent agree with that that's actually one of my biggest gripes on my list so in in the uh the google doc i i separated everything into enjoy and annoy that's exactly what i did <laughs> <laughs> and uh the controls were definitely in the annoy column um, yes the biggest like you said, the biggest spot where it's obvious is in aiming. Like there's a Ugh. huge dead zone. Like you really got to move the stick to get any kind of response mm-hmm. to it. Um, like you said, it just, it feels very stiff as far as like his movement goes. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything I couldn't just like get over. He definitely mm-hmm. felt stiff. He didn't feel as responsive as like, you know, Aloy does in uh, yeah. horizon, but it was something I was just like a yeah, different game, different engine, whatever bike was a little bit stiff I'm, I'm also used to the bikes in like gta where they're like See, but, super sensitive so it didn't feel as bad I'm, I'm totally opposite on the bike the mm-hmm. bike to me is way too floaty and it, it it has no 
grip to the ground. I feel like when I'm making turns, I'm turning like 180 degrees rather than like 90 or 45. Mm-hmm. It and it just feels so frail and fragile. And I get it. It's not a dirt bike. I'm not right. trying to take this thing off road. But in the event that I do, I am severely punished for it. And it's like, you shouldn't have done that. You got to stick to the roads. and blah, blah, blah. But I don't have to stick to the roads because there's plenty of back road trails and dirt mm-hmm. areas. And when you start getting further south in the map, you start getting closer to like mountainsides and hills and you start getting to really windy trails and stuff. It's so hard to maneuver your bike at, at such a low level. Granted, a couple upgrades do make a difference and it really helps yeah, out. The tires. But yeah, but between Deacon feeling so stiff and then the bike just feeling like it's a hovercraft was uh, just I, I like I was like, where's the happy medium? I'm I'm yeah. You clock into it, you compensate for it, and it still works. It doesn't break the game for me or make it unplayable. But it's just there's so many other games that do what this game's trying to do better. Right. That it's hard for me to not fault it for it no i i don't disagree with you at all yeah i mean it's it it seems like simple stuff that should have been figured out by now um i don't know if they were just you know designing in a bubble or what but like i mean Mm -hmm. it it, it's he's definitely not as responsive he's definitely a lot stiffer than you know the things that are obviously people are going to compare it against god of war horizon zero don't even spider-man you could throw that in there as well Oh yeah, Spider Spider Man's fluid movement is like the best that right. we've had in the last four years. But that being said, you also have, in that context, look at the games we're comparing it to. These mm-hmm. those four games are like not only are they the best stuff that's on PlayStation, they are some of the best games. Period. period. They're S rank games yes, exactly. by far. Yes. So and that's that's why. I didn't want to fine tooth comb this game because I knew that was going to happen. I knew that Sony's touting it as the, here's another potential franchise we're introducing to you. It's, Mm -hmm. it's exclusive to us. It's, it it is so much in the same vein as all the other games that you can't help, but compare it and say, if you're going to put a Sony computer entertainment presents at the, at the forefront of this game and not want to be compared to those games, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't not compare them, absolutely, right. because they're 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 contemporaries. They're all you know first party exclusive games. Like the comparison's going to happen. Yeah, so, and this game just like unapologetically straight up rips off stuff from other Sony games, like The Last of Us Crafting mm-hmm. Wheel and stuff. The just the Horizon Zero Dawn map, and it, it's just. It's like, yeah, we know, and we're just going to put our own little spin on it. And that's fine. That's great because there's a reason why those things work and they're applauded. And more often than not, I'd rather somebody just take it and use it. And then try to make their own from scratch and have it be. Anthem, Anthem, (laughs) Anthem. (laughs) Speaking of Anthem, let's uh, (laughs) let's jump into my uh, one of my items on my Annoy. Boy, are the loads long on this game. Oh, dude. My first point in my cons is the loading exclamation point. <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah. The reason I that I was I, able to figure out what that ring was is because you have to. That's the only thing you have to look at for way longer than you should have to look at it. 
Dude, it's a three to four minute loading screen. Easily. That's that's ridiculous. Like that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, I get that it's when a you big boot game, up the game. But Horizon is like you said, just as big, just as detailed. Does not take that long to load. No, same thing with God of War. Granted, you're going from like self-contained areas. You're rarely in a an open plain of mm-hmm. Oregon um, with fifty to eighty freakers on screen at once. Yeah, but still. What are you loading? And then even between the cutscenes and the and, missions, and dude, the okay, missions. I hate, I hate when it's like, so it plays a cutscene and the cutscene ends and then it puts you in the normal like game perspective where the camera's behind Deacon and mm-hmm. then it does like, it, it goes to black to the load screen for like a second and then you can move him. What is happening in that stupid little load screen that couldn't have been loading in the background during the cutscene? If you're going to take, I, I don't mind a long load screen up front when I boot the game. If yes. you're loading all the assets and now I don't have to worry about loading. Right. In I can 100% get behind a long and that I load. can get behind. Yep. You continually reload everything it feels like you're just reloading everything in the game every time i do something come like you said cutscenes, fast traveling mm-hmm. you know ending a mission by the way mission okay not even a side rant just th- this really bothers me who came up with the mission structure of this game why Thank is everything you. in percentage why yeah. is everything like Everything is a storyline in this game. There's there's like 15 to 25 storylines that you're doing concurrently. And each mission is a subset of the storyline. Mm-hmm. And it could be about Boozer, your relationship with Boozer. It could be about your reflection on your life with Sarah. It could be about uh, taking down the Rippers. It could be about working for Copeland. It could be about working for Tucker. It could be about a girl that you found. And everything's in percentages. It's just like you're 33% along with the story uh, about Sarah. Now you're you're but you're also 56% along with this thing. And then right. when you finish a mission and you do and you do something, there could be a horde of freakers running at you. Whenever you finish something or do anything, the whole screen goes dark and it just flashes the mission that you did, the percent mm-hmm. that you finished, the skill points that you earned. And then as soon as you come out of it, you have you have freakers just demolishing you. Yep. And when that happens, you die in this game. Yes. If, if if one or two freakers corner you, God forbid, a horde of 50, 80, you die instantly. There's yeah. no getting out of that. I, you I die. Much consistently, if I don't, if I have more than like two around me, like I won't, I'll run away and try to hide and take them down stealthily. And once you get more than like three, like you're, you're either going to come out burning through your health items or you're going to get killed. Yes. Which I that I applaud because I do like that because yes, it's not like other great. zombie games where they're just cannon fodder and they don't feel like a threat. Yes. They, they will kill you and they do it fast. That I totally get behind. Mm-hmm. Whoever came up with the storyline mission structure of this game, it needs to be fired. Yeah. It's um, so frustrating. Sticking on that point, this is my biggest complaint about this game. The thing that just grinds my gears and is like the biggest impediment to my enjoyment of this game which I mean it's a pretty enjoyable game overall but the biggest Mm -hmm. pet peeve I have with this game is the way that it pushes you through the story and gives you the missions and jobs and stuff it's not like 
every other open world game where it'll put the blip on your screen, but it gives you context to the blip and you have right. multiple blips. It's almost always one blip, maybe two. Very rarely do you have more than right. than two on there. It is a very linear open world game. And it's just it, the way that you go from one thing to the next does not make any sense. So you'll no. you'll get your stuff to help booze or heal up. And then it's like, go visit Sarah's memorial. Why? Why yeah, am I doing that? that? Give me some context. Even if it's just him being like, oh, I've been up to see Sarah's memorial in a little bit. That's fine. That's all I need. Just give me some reason why I'm actually doing that. Don't just put it on my map and so I can go, okay, I'm just going to look at the little circle and follow the arrow. I hate that. It's can so I, annoying I, to me. Wait, along the same point, can I tell you what just it really grinds my gears? It's not a major gripe with this game, but it annoys me to no end. First and foremost, I applaud Sam, Sam Whitworth is his name. Yeah. I applaud him. His Whitworth. performance in this game. Whitwer. Not Whitworth. Whitwer. Yeah. Not Whitworth. Sam Whitworth. I I applaud him. His performance in this game is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. His performance is fantastic. He brings a, a, he totally turns the biker stereotype upside down and is this guy who is legitimately figuring it out as he goes Mm -hmm. because his, his, his speech and his dialogue is not well thought out. He's constantly umming and eyeing. He's coming over himself like, I, like somebody's like, you have to do this. You have to help us. You have to figure this out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll come help you. That Sure. Mm-hmm. And you can like, I love that. That humanizes a character so much because you can put yourself in that situation and go, all these people need me yet. All these people hate me, but right. they can't get it done without me. So I have my own agenda, but I need to help them in order to fulfill my own. It's, adds a really good dynamic and his performance shines through Mm -hmm. i think some of the other performances fall a bit flat um i don't think anybody else particularly stands out to me sarah and boozer included they they feel very gamey yeah they feel very uh, been there done that i've heard that and boot and and deacon is so unique in this regard i i just it's frustrating but Sam Witwer must have recorded his lines by himself with nobody else in the room because other than the cutscenes where he's talking to other people, when somebody initiates a mission to you, like let's say one of the camps wants you to do a mission, for example, like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. somebody will call you on the radio, Tucker, Copeland, whoever will call you on the radio and be like, hey, Deke, you out there? And if you're on your bike and that's how they do it, they're like, hey, Deke, you out there? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, what? 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 Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, can you go check out that Ripper camp?" He's like, "Ah, yeah, Ripper. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll check it out." <laughs> Only because he's on the bike. And I, I thought to myself, okay, like he recorded multiple dialogue for when you're on the bike and it's loud, yeah, and when just you're like stopped in, in Spider Man, no, whenever if you're you come swinging. to a complete, if you come to a complete stop on the bike, he's still just screaming at the top of his lungs, even when somebody's on the back of the bike. Like if Boozer's on the back of the bike or in like time or like flashbacks with Sarah and stuff. If somebody's on the back of the bike, they're just straight up talking. They're just having a conversation. Deacon is screaming for his life (laughs) at the top of his lungs. And it's so frustrating. Are we sure that there's not two takes? Because I I feel like I did get off the bike and, and try it, but. I didn't get off the bike. I parked the bike. So maybe he's screaming over the engine that's idling, but. I, I, I was just, I, I was cracking was, up. I thought I was there like, was two. 
but I could be wrong. I think I might have just been thinking like, oh, I know that they did two dialogues for Peter Parker in Spider-Man, once where he's like right. strained and swinging and once where he's just like chilling. But- I'm almost positive it's not there. You are more than welcome to check for me. But when I <laughs> I was I was like every time it happens, I'm still laughing about it. 20 plus hours into this game, I crack up every time somebody calls him on the radio. And to that point as well, there are points where I got to a point in this game today, Brandon, where I had nothing on my map to do. I had to wait for an NPC to call me on the radio and initiate something. And I drove around. Nobody called me. I fast traveled. Nothing happened. I Maybe the game bugged. I was just like, I have nothing to do right now. So I went and did some of the historic memorials. I looked for another ambush camp. Still nothing. Still no story. I'm like, what am I missing? What is going on? I rebooted the game and I booted it up and I didn't have anybody call me or any context. I just had the mission on my map now. Uh, That's the worst. Then it's like the other thing, like to that end, as far as like the story and like how it moves you from, from mission to mission is like, Sometimes it does give you like the radio context of what's going on, but that radio context is always after the blip is already on there. And I'm almost positive that the radio does not trigger for that mission unless you have it actively selected as your waypoint. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how in like the division where they give you like the, you know, they talk about what the scenario is as you're going in after you select it. Mm-hmm. That just frustrates me. Like, you have no you don't it doesn't pull you through the story like it pushes you through the story yeah like it to me that that's in the setting like this where it's like post-apocalyptic and you know you want to know what's going on you want to understand what happened in these places how these people are surviving and so on you want to know about deacon's past what he's been up to Mm. you know what are what's his code and you kind of find some of that stuff out but like the way that the missions are given to you, like it just feels so disjointed. Like it, there is no ebb and flow to it. There's no natural like story progression to it where you're, you're doing things and you know, you you want to go with what's next because you can anticipate what's going to happen next. So like, like for example, like in in GTA, there is a distinct buildup to, you know, heists and like the, the big set pieces and stuff. You have an idea of what's going to go on. Even if they don't outright give you context, you can still, right. you know, kind of guess what's going to happen. But with this, it's just like, here's a blip. Go to it. If you select it, we'll tell you a little bit about it. And mm-hmm. that's it. And it's just, I feel like the the setting that they've created and the general idea of the story, um, the way that they have it structured and push, they push you through it instead of you wanting to go through it, it just really does a disservice to all these other really cool and intricate things they've done in terms of world building it's it's not you know it's not completely unserviceable like you can get through it you can understand the story it just doesn't feel like most other games of this quality do in terms of how it presents the story to you and to me that's just like so frustrating because it takes you out of it yeah and it's it's clear based on that structure that they may have had like the post-it notes of all the missions of okay here's how we're going to order it this is how it's going to be. He can do this mission, this mission, these two missions, these three missions, this mission. But they didn't figure out how all of that's going to, like you said, the ebb and flow of how that's all going to connect together mm-hmm. and naturally progress you through it. Instead, it's just this is the order that we want you to do things in. 
and it just kind of happens. Yeah, in no an open world, you context have a or rhyme or reason. between a couple of missions, at least, you know, two or three missions right. at a time. Pick and choose what you want to do. But with this, it's just like one to the next to the mm-hmm. next. You'll get a cutscene and you'll get a little bit of context. Right. But just uh, overall, just it, it feels disjointed. I just I, I, I feel like maybe there's going to be a point where it clicks. And I, I don't know. I just it, it doesn't feel like it has a very solid flow to it, I guess. No, nope, you're right. And just I guess while we're ranting a little bit, I have a, a problem that I want to get off my chest about. Triple A games, single player experiences, the like, all these games. Mm. Uh, The most annoying thing and most annoying. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Like a common thing that's shared between most of them. Uh, The most annoying. uh, (laughs) What is what is what is most annoying about games like this to me single player experiences with mission structures and you do the mission you get the rewards you move on to the next thing you do the next thing in at the flow that you want to is the missions where somebody says hey follow me let's talk and you're just walking and talking and that's the whole mission and that's the whole mission yes this game does why a lot why why is that still that is such old design just make it a cutscene. Right. I get it. Cutscenes are expensive. I know that you have to film them with the actors now and capture their faces and stuff. But let me do something. It's a game. I want to do game stuff. I want to ride my bike. I want to chase people down. I want to hunt somebody. I want to track stuff. Speaking of hunting and tracking, why does he have detective vision? Why does he have survival witcher vision? I'm so sick of asking people asking me to follow them and talk to them and then that's the mission and i'm so sick of following fart clouds to find something (laughs) yes i'm so done with that i'm so done with that if deacon is is a is a survivalist and a biker and stuff let me figure things out let me use my ingenuity don't just give me a blue circle on the map and says find the magnifying glass in it i have to go find the thing hold square on it he goes oh yeah 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 somebody came through here yeah hands yeah feet yeah oh okay there are the boots i'm gonna go follow the boots now and then i just follow fart cloud to the next thing and i do that and then that's the whole mission yeah why that's not fun that's not a game that's all contextual storytelling you can do that so many different ways Mm -hmm. i'm so i'm so done with it man it's that's so boring to me and because of that the story suffers and the story takes so long to take off the game is so slow to start it does not throw you into any action anything i didn't see a horde of zombies until today and that was the whole thing that they touted about this game with trailers and E3 mm-hmm. demos and everything they showed. It was like, look at the horde physics. We can have hundreds upon hundreds of zombies on screen at once. Good luck out there. I've maybe seen six tops together in a single place up until now. 20 hours of game. And I'm not just riding around the world like doing side stuff because mm. there's really no side stuff. It's just mission blips everywhere. I think there's like maybe three side activities and they're all fairly similar. Yeah, it's like historic monuments, bandit camps and Nero checkpoints. Those are the side and, things and, that and I'm infestation aware of. areas which are ostensibly the same thing as the the camps. 
just with yes which are also frustrating because it's a giant red fart cloud on the map that says find the find the nests Mm -hmm. and the nests are these big poo poo pee pee caca branch (laughs) things that you just have to find and then burn and then three freakers come out of it it'd be different if like i had to do it and then fight off a whole horde but like three of them come out and are like hey who woke me from my slumber and then i just pop you don't even have to kill them you can just throw a molotov in and run away and it'll burn up the nest and it counts. Don't even have to kill him. What? Who? It, I, Brandon, I, I don't understand. The design in this game is so old. Graphically stunning. The dynamic weather effects, incredible. I don't understand the outdated design of this game. It is. I wonder when it, they started developing this. I don't know. That's a great question. That might answer some questions I have because right now I'm having a very hard time justifying this. If somebody were to say, hey, Days Gone just came out, Andrew, would you recommend it? I'd say, have you played Horizon Zero Last of Us yet? And if they say no to any one of those, I'm going to say, just go play that. Yeah. And then play Days Gone. I think this game came out way too late. Yeah, I think they did themselves uh they kind of shot themselves in the foot by pushing it back twice, I want to say. If this game came out last year, as it is today, I think it would be a different story. Yeah. But we have had so many other games just absolutely destroyed the market. Well, that's the thing that makes it so tough to talk about this game is that as a game, like if you look at it in a bubble, all other you know contemporary games aside, it's not a bad game. It's fun. I enjoy playing it. Yeah, I'm still playing it. Right. But when you do look at it it in the greater context of all the games that have come out, especially in the context of its main contemporaries, which are God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, Last of Us, all those big tentpole Sony properties, it's probably the weakest one, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But that being said... I still think it's a very fun game. It, it is. does have a ton of redeeming qualities. Um, I, I would be more inclined to recommend a rent versus a buy, maybe, or wait till it goes on sale yeah, or can. something. Like it's yeah. it's not one that should you miss it. No, because I mean it's it's a good Sony first party game. Should you run out and buy it like ASAP? You can wait on it. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing thus far that's been like earth shattering where I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad that I grabbed this day one. Yeah, it just the timing was right. And I mean, I'm again, I'm having fun with it. It has redeeming qualities. It's just it it feels dated. It feels dated. I think, yes, again, it just that comes back to them having so many good games in that small time span. I think that they probably would have done better to have pushed this one out sooner if they did have that ability to. And then the ones that we knew were really good. I mean, again, hindsight's 2020. Um, Yeah. I think a little little flippity flop in the, in the order that things came out probably would have done this game, uh, you know, a good service. But that is exactly what I was thinking. If this came out when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, and then Horizon Zero Dawn came out when Days Gone came out, I think we'd be singing a different tune. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, it's just it's so unfortunate it came out when it did because 
it does, like you said, it has redeeming qualities. I'm still playing it and I'm still enjoying it. There's definitely a story to be had here and uh, fun to be had here. It takes a while to get it going. And mm. I, I'm just, I think I'm more disappointed. And that's part my fault, part not my fault. Because all the other games that came before it that we previously mentioned brought something new to the genre. And this game touted about that with the giant hordes on screen and how that was going to be handled and how you could use that to your advantage against enemies and stuff. Mm. That was everything that was te- that was shown about the game beforehand, all the demos and stuff. I remember a demo where they had an ambush camp that they were taking down with like raiders in it and they showed one where they did it self and then they did the same camp at night where they took down a barrier and then they allowed a horde to come in and clear out the camp and you still got completion for the camp and they were like see play it your own way you can do whatever you want and the fact that the thing that you were touting as this is our specialty this is our bread and butter and it's not even in the game for a, a very long time that's 20 hours is a long time of just pushing through story. I'm like that's I two thirds of like the average game. Yes. Sometimes that's a full game. That's yeah. longer than both tomb Raiders, both mm-hmm. all the uncharted games. That's, that's a little, that that's a little disappointing to me because if, if that's the thing you're going to bring to the table and you're just going to keep hiding it until the end, there's no fun in that for me. Right. I, I should just be, I shouldn't even be firing guns in this game. I should have them on me, but I should be running for life. Yeah. I'm not scared of a horde of freakers at all. I'm just scared because if I didn't quick save by my bike and they happen to kill me, I lose all that progress. Yeah. That is the only thing that scares me in this game. Um, but the game also does a lot of really good things too. First and foremost, I love what they've done with the touchpad on the controller. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Instead of pushing a button and then going through a menu screen, you can just swipe left, right, down, or up on the touchpad and go to the respective menu in the pause. Yeah. So swiping right takes you to the map. Swiping down takes you to your skills. Swiping left takes you to your stories and quests. And then swiping up takes you to like your inventory or something. That's See, awesome. This is another thing that makes me think that this game has been in development for quite some time because... Most of those like early Sony exclusive properties have made like big time use of like the unique mm-hmm. properties of the DS4, the touchpad, and this and the uh, the speaker, yeah. which it uses both. Which does I, it use the speaker? It does on if you what have it turned it on for? for the the Nero micro recorders. Oh, does it? Yes, I love it. That's like my favorite use of the speaker. I know it's like so oh. simple, but anytime like you have like an audio pickup and it plays, I've been playing speaker, with headphones on. I love That's it. Nice. I love it. It's just like a nice little touch of immersion. But it uses that, and it uses the uh, the touchpad to navigate through menus. Which um, I think it was the whatever Killzone came out at launch. Use it the exact <laughs> same way. I'm not saying it's like that old. No, but no, I yeah. Feel like I see as we've progressed through the PS4's life cycle. Uh, mm. Those first party games have taken the, the touchpad and basically use it more as a giant ass button instead of, you know, yeah. a touchpad. So that also thinking back on that, it also kind of adds weight to the theory that maybe this was in development for a while. I'm going to say it started off as something totally different than what we got today and that's why it's been delayed so long because they probably changed a bunch of stuff seeing what the other exclusives were doing and saying we are mm-hmm. not on board with these what can we do to mimic these right 
and I because it, it feels like it feels like somebody copied your homework and just changed some of the answers, but you're looking at it and going this this part plays like this, this mechanic is from this game. Like it's just it's like it's like those it's like those annoying posts on Reddit that are like a picture of Pokemon and then a picture of Grand Theft Auto and then it's just Fry with the wallet saying take my money yeah people were just like just combine these two things to make it great it's somebody was like oh what if we took the wheel from Last of Us and the map from Horizon Zero Dawn and then the the gameplay mechanics of Last of Us and then uh, Left 4 Dead style gameplay like what do you think guys and they were like yeah take my money <laughs> and then they made that game that's what this feels like yeah I don't disagree I do think that the way that it, oh, by the way, the engines for this and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn are different oh, as man. I'm looking stuff up. Um, I do feel like if that is the case where they had to pivot or they just were co- kind of combining ideas and seeing what they came up with, I think they did do a pretty good job, especially compared to some other games that have tried to do the same thing where they've awesome. pivoted and everything. Like, we'll put it this way as far as like the level of spit and polish on the way that this game looks and plays, it is still a lot better than other games that should be AAA. Like, even though it does have its faults, it is without a doubt a AAA game. Like, no question about it. There's no doubting the quality of that. Um, I'm shaking my head for the audio listener. Yes. Um, It's not like a... I know this is, like, basically like our whipping boy these days, but, like, it's not like Anthem where it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a triple-A game and it just has so much stuff that's wrong with it. I know they're apples to oranges. They're two different kind of genres here. Yeah. Um, but it's not that case where it f- is noticeably feeling like it should be something else, but it's trying to do something completely opposite. No, but this is it's also, it's also a Sony first-party title that everything it's pulling from is under the same umbrella and it has access to that. Right. So, so it, at, it, at the and very that, and least... That's fine, and that's yeah. fine. That's totally fine. It's just I was really hoping the again to maybe my fault, maybe Sony's, but they've set the bar so high with their own games right. that when something like this comes out that had it come out 2 years earlier would be astonishing is just yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree with that at all. No. It's it's just so silly to me. I mean if that's the worst problem that it has, oh, dude, I I'm mean, totally being white guy in an upper middle class neighborhood shaking his <laughs> fist at a cloud. Yeah, the, the problems with this game are gaming first world problems. Yes, hundred um, percent. Um, also, while while I'm reading it, uh, bold, bold, bold decision to have child enemies in this game. Yes. Wow. Agreed. So instead of just normal freakers, for those who haven't played the game, there's different types of freakers. Um, the ones that we know about early on in the game are the normal freakers, which are just like normal human like zombies. Swarmers. And then there's newts. Newts are children that hang out on like the rooftops in high areas of buildings, and they won't harm you most of the time unless you impede on their space. Mm-hmm. But when they do, they jump on you and they take stuff out of your inventory and then you have to kill them to get that stuff back. Yeah. Killing a newt in this game is not satisfying in the slightest. No. It is, it's like a very underpowered enemy that like you can tell does not want to fight you. 
Right. And also, it's a child. Mm -hmm. That is a very bold decision I have never seen a game do. Yeah. Any game with children in it, they're usually just basically indestructible, like the Skyrim children. Right. Right. Or they're Um, not in it at all. (laughs) Exactly. I just, I was floored when I saw that and I had to kill one. I had to put the controller down and just like stew with my thoughts for a few minutes before right. I could pick it back like, up and feel good about it. Yeah. Cause and it that puts you in a situation like very near the beginning. I think it's in my gameplay here. Um, I already had passed, but uh, if you were watching the gameplay, you'd have seen it mm-hmm. for the uh, stream viewers. Um, yeah. But it like, it makes you kill newts pretty close to the beginning of the game. So there's, yeah, but I mean, I think beyond that, it's pretty optional. I think it's mm-hmm. more of just like here's another type, kill it. Yeah, but it is. It's one of those things where you're just like, mm, I feel kind of dirty for having to have done that. Yeah, it it doesn't feel good, and I and I applaud it because that's how it wants me to feel. This isn't a feel good game by any oh, stretch of the imagination. No, no question about it. And this is, I I applaud very dark world. Yeah, I applaud the tone of this game because they stick to it. They don't. They don't try to be funny. Nobody cracks jokes. It is very much dog eat dog, do, a dire straits world where, mm-hmm. you know, S hit the F and you can't trust anybody. Right. The main character is a very selfish character, which is a, mm-hmm. another bold move. And I applaud them for that as well because, you know, it, it, they're sticking to their guns with their the setting that they've created. Someone in this scenario, like in order to survive as long as Deacon has, like you got to be selfish. Yeah. And it's hard to play as Deacon because like I mentioned early on, I don't I don't like Deacon. I'm coming around to him because I understand the world and its rules and his role in Mm -hmm. that. I don't like playing as somebody. It's kind of like spoilers. If you haven't played The Last of Us, it's like playing as Joel throughout the whole game. Joel's a very likable person really early on. And then by the end of the game, when you figure out like what his intentions are and what he's done and what he's doing, Mm -hmm. you really don't like Joel and not in a anti-hero way, like a, like um, what's his face um, from breaking bad, Walter white, Walter white. Thank you. It's not like that. It is like, I don't want to play as this person because they are a bad person and I do not agree with their morals and values. Yeah. This game does that not as deep as that of, as last of us, but it, it doesn't feel good to always be Deacon and the way right. that people talk to him, the way that he talks to people, the decisions that he makes early on right away, the whole thing with Sarah going to the chopper and he's sticking with Boozer instead. That just shows me this guy's got his priorities out of whack yeah. and he has no direction in his life. Why do I even want to be this person? Yeah. So you have to win me over and I'm not going to stick with you for 20, 25 hours for you to tell me why he's a good person. It's coming around, but I applaud them for, for that's, it's a very bold choice to do, to make such drastic decisions in a game like this because typically you want to be the shining light in a dark world mm-hmm. and you're just another notch in somebody's belt in this world yeah it's it, i mean you, i mean he's not like tough. a totally like bad guy like he does like he no, had, like he no you know he won't he won't shoot women if they're unless they're you know, like shooting back at him kind of deal mm-hmm. um, yeah he's got like a batman code type thing yeah he has uh, somewhat of a moral compass. It's a little uh, less dialed in than probably what 
we're used to with most playable characters in a game, but I, I mm-hmm. think they they established like what his limits are pretty early and f- as you know, insofar as I've played, they stick to those. Um but you, you can you do kind of see the maybe the, the person that he once was that was more good and I don't know if that's the, the the deacon that we see is that a result of his time in the biker gang or is that a result of the loss that he's experienced and just being in this you know hellscape of a world um at the very least it makes you think more about the character and his uh motivations than it does in some other games where it's just like you are the good guy you mm. do good it so. seems it's it seems to me like deacon as a character, and this is just my analysis of the character, uh, totally open for debate. I'm not saying this is what the game portrays him as, mm. but he seems like he lacks direction in his life and has fallen into a biker gang as his family, his the people that he relies on, the people that he rides with so that he's not in control of his own destiny. He rides with a group of them. When Boozer gets injured early on in the game and Deacon's out on his own, that's where he starts to get very flustered. Like I was talking about how Mm -hmm. Sam delivers the lines and how he feels very unsure of himself, constantly contradicting himself, stumbling over his words. He's he's really figuring it out. And for the first time probably ever, he's on his own doing it. Mm -hmm. And I I think that speaks volumes about the character of just... Pro, I, we don't know too much about his past, but I feel like I don't want to paint him into a stereotype, but maybe like a like a delinquent who got into some stuff because I think in a flashback with Sarah, he mentions that he had done some time at some point for something. I don't know what he did, yeah. but he's obviously fallen in with a bad crowd. You know, not all biker gangs are bad. I've known people who are in biker gangs and they're totally viable people in society and they're not all, you know, hell's angels. But it it seems like he's starting to come into his own as as somebody who is writing his own destiny, making better decisions and yeah. doing all these things. So I, I hope that that continues to flesh out um, just a, a really a character you love to hate, but then you also hate when you when you love them and it's 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 a it's a weird dynamic you it, like you said brandon you're not you're not the hero in this story you're just you're just one of them of a million in the world just trying to yeah. get through it which it's a different perspective from normal i, I mean yeah it's, it's a, a, a kind of brush breath of fresh air wow i almost did it again <laughs> brush of fresh air baby. Brush of fresh air. um <laughs> but like i mean yeah like it does here's the newt smackdown Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, it, it's, it can be tough to play as him sometimes. Cause, you know, it's not always like the, it's not the most likable guy, but yeah, it's, it's a hard game to play for long sittings at a time. Yeah. It's a lot of open road. It's a lot of quiet. And uh, speaking of quiet, uh, the sound that the freakers make, I love it. I yes. love the, the sound design in this game is very mm-hmm. well done. So the the for, score is really good too. Mm-hmm. Score is very good. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Oh, the have you done any bike or vehicle combat yet? Yeah, I really liked how actually how oh, it dude, handled game that. changing, game changing how they handle that. Yeah, so that much, is good. Is that what you're gonna say? 
I was just going to say, I get very frustrated when games make me do vehicle combat because they make you feel like you're doing the pat your pat your stomach and scratch your head or mm-hmm. scratch your stomach and pat your head at the same time. You have to like aim, but also drive and then shoot, but also turn where mm-hmm. this is just like focus on your driving. We'll aim for you. And then it's one of those yeah. reticles just that slowly closes. Yeah. Yeah. Just slowly closes. And once you're once you're honed in on something, you can take a shot and it's mm-hmm. a guaranteed shot. If it's closed, it's a you know 50 percent chance of shooting it if it's open or whatever i i I love that because now you get to focus on the driving and the cinematic experience of it right shooting is secondary right yeah pretty much so to the way that this works mechanically you tap l1 he pulls out his sidearm and then it pulls up the reticle and uh it has a lot to do with like your distance to them like where they are in relation to you and then the type of weapon certain weapons that reticle is going to close in faster and then of course you know the closer you are to whoever you're shooting at it also you know zooms in fast it's kind of like uh to go really old school and you like counter strike when you would crouch and your crosshair shrinks down it's yeah. like that type of deal it um is. but it's, it's awesome you basically you're you're fo- like you said you're focused on the driving it's just keep an eye on the crosshair and it's almost always somebody that you're chasing or someone that's chasing you um so it's not like a, an extra distraction or an extra thing to keep track of it's just like okay my crosshair is big now it's small now we want to shoot and you're basically just telling the game pull the trigger now yeah and it, it's super fun it's very i think that's probably one of the mechanically one of the the more interesting things that it brings to the table it's mm-hmm. it's, it's its own thing and yes uh, i like it <laughs> yeah i do but my only complaint is it seems like the only viable time to do it is when you're doing the bounce like yeah. when you're actually going after somebody and I really wish that this game with all it, there's multiple camps that you get to go to in this game with different people with different ideologies and some good and some really bad. Um, yeah, lots of shades of gray in this game. There's a lot of gray shade, man. Um, moral wise. We're not talking color. Moral wise. Yeah. <laughs> not a grayscale game. No. Um, but I wish there was like a bounty board so I could do them on my own terms and like mm-hmm. track people down and find them. Whereas these bounties seem to just be missions that come along in the story. So it's like when it needs a break, it's like, okay, now you can do this bounty mission for this camp. Yeah. And Push but you can't progress the story way. until you do it. So it's like, is it a side mission? It's just kind of like a roadblock in the way rather than yeah. something I could choose to do. Yeah. I, I will applaud it too. speaking of the camps and stuff. I think it's really cool and it's a really cool idea that um, each camp that you have has its own purpose and its own inventory and its own credit system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no so, one camp that you can go to and get everything. Right. There's no one camp you can go to to get everything. You can't just have $100 on your body and then go spend it at this camp or go spend it at that camp. When you do things for a camp, you get credits at the camp. So the credits that I have at Copeland's camp are not the same amount of credits that I have at Tucker's camp because I've done more work for Tucker because I want to be able to upgrade my guns before I upgrade my bike. Mm -hmm. So you can pick and choose how you kind of do those things. And there's some instances in the world I've come across I can count on one hand how many times it's happened, maybe three, mm-hmm. but you can come across survivors in the world that you can help from freakers or, you know, you can help, um, survivors that have been trapped by scavengers or ambush camps or whatever. And you can set, you can pick to send those people back to a camp. Yep. And when you send them back to a camp, sending them at one camp might get you more credits at the camp and less reputation. Reputation at the camps helps you unlock different tiers different of tiers, things yeah. that you can get from the, 
camp. But you can like at one camp, you get like no credits, but all reputation. In another one, it's like split 50 50. You get like 100 credits and 100 reputation, whereas the other one's just straight credits. So you want to pick. Do I want to upgrade my bike first? Well, if I do that, I want to go to Copeland's camp first and do all the work I can for them. Turn in all my bounties there, because when you turn in bounties at the camps, you only get camp credit for that camp. So I think that's a really interesting system. And that could have been fleshed out even further. Mm -hmm. But I really like how it, it did that and kind of organized everything because now I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, thinking back to like a lot of like the pre-release stuff from, you know, two, three years ago and whenever this was first coming around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they did tout that this was going to have like some uh, like moral dilemmas or like kind of like karma type of situations where you had like a good or bad option. It seems like those are gone. I haven't come across any other. I haven't view. come across uh, one yet. That's kind of a bummer. I think the way that they have uh, Deacon portrayed, it, you know, having the option to be good, bad, or maybe even you know, shade of gray uh, mm-hmm. in there, probably could have benefited uh, his character development. Again, I mean, I'm only ten hours in, and yeah, you know, there still feels like there's a lot of game to go. But yeah. No, I think that's an accurate assessment because I'm about, about you know, t- twice as long through the game. With the, I don't know how long I, well, I could tell you exactly what my percentages are, but <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so bizarre. I I I, I, <laughs> I don't. Know. Um, but I. Uh, oh shoot! What was I gonna say? Uh, it's it's gone. I lost. It. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say uh, it. It definitely feels like there's a distinct story that they want to tell with plot twists and turns that they've orchestrated. They don't want you to have a hand in that. It's just kind of you go along for the ride and experience yeah. it. That is that is very clear to me right now. And that, yeah. that's yeah. totally fine. It's fine. It's I don't the, need a the way that they present it to us in an open world game that I think comes with like a certain expectation. It just it just feels weird. And it's you know, it, it doesn't do a whole lot to make you immersed in the story itself. Uh, like I mm. had said earlier, you know, the way that they just, here's a blip, go to the blip. Here's a blip, go to the blip. No context or very little context. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't, it's not like horizon zero dawn where, you know, I was like, well, I really want to know what happens next. So I'm definitely going to go do this mission instead of a side mission. It's just like you, this, you have no other choice, mm-hmm. which I think I just, I think that maybe it's more of a, uh, a disjointing of, you know, the open world setting and what how that traditionally plays out in those type of games versus you know the, they very obviously want you to follow a certain story path which typically, um, you know, doesn't play out in the same way that this game does in, in most other open world games. You know what I'm really missing from this game, Brandon? What's that? And I don't. I, I know we keep comparing it to other games, so I'm, I apologize. But in uh, both God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn, I'll use as an example. They both had that one player upgrade that they show you very early on, and then that's like in the back of your mind the whole time. You're like, I'm going to work towards that. In mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn, it was that armor that had like the pulsing, like, 
defensive armor yeah. on it mm-hmm. and it looked it like blinked and stuff and in god of war there's you know of course there's like the the top tier leviathan axes upgrades that you can get in all mm-hmm. the different armors and stuff and they show you that stuff right away and they're like you can get this you just need to have these specific resources yep. this amount of currency this amount of experience this game doesn't have any of that Mm-mm. at all there's nothing for me to look forward to i wish that there was like and, and it, i think they could have done this if like I don't know, maybe like uh, like you go to like Copeland's camp right away and they have like a really dope bike. Yeah. It's like a brand new bike and they're like, these are like factory grade parts. Nobody's touched these. These are mint. We're saving these. Uh, we just got the shipment in and it's like, but you're you, you haven't proven anything to us. We're not yeah. ready for that. I would be like, yeah, dude, I'm going to do everything for Copeland. I want that bike. And then maybe for like Tucker's camp, it's like, but we have this really cool gun. If you do all the stuff and bring it back to us, you could get like the end game gun versus the end game bike. Right. I really wish there was something like that in this game. Totally non-existent. Yeah. To the end of the talking about the bike, I also wish that there was like maybe different classes of bikes that excelled in different yeah. areas. Like a road bike where, you know, when you're on a path, you're on a road, like you go really fast, it has good handling. But when you go off the road, it's kind of like, but right. versus like a dirt bike, which would be awesome off road, oh, like really good man. traction. You could do all your jumps and crazy stuff without right. taking so much. But damage. there's like low top speed. So it's right. not really that fast, but right. it like can go right. up. The, have you like crashed on your bike yet? Um, I've crashed where I've like run into like the wires that go that the Marauders will put across. Oh, the road. you ran into one of those? Yeah, dude. I Did saw it. In- well, see, here's what happened. I saw it. And okay. I was like, mm, well, that doesn't look good. And then it popped up like the tutorial where it was like, sometimes you'll come across the, a wire. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Don't give me a chance to, to break because I very clearly saw it before this like slowed down time and then pop this up. Mm hmm. Um, but those are whenever like a sniper ambush has come along and there's like just open ground between me and like the sniper. And I don't like, I have to travel a good distance to like get behind a Mm. rock or something. And he's just like, dude, when you get shot off your bike by a sniper ambush, there's something satisfying about that. But to your point, you're just driving along. You have no idea what's going on. And they're random too. Yeah, they're randomly random. And Deacon's just like, Ah, uh, raiders. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool, where? And then it, the thing pops up and it's like, sometimes when you're driving down the road, you'll see a sni- snipers will be in the trees and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. The second you get out of that box, boom, <laughs> you get launched <laughs> off your bike, you lose half your health. Yep. And then two dudes are running at you with lawnmower saw blades. Bikes and you're at like, zero. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> this game makes some weird decisions just some very odd choices for sure for sure but i'm still having fun with it you know what that to me that that speaks volumes to it uh for something that i mean i know it sounds like we're like ragging on this game i mean we've both put a bunch of time into it and this is all i played this weekend (laughs) yeah it it wasn't fun i i would not have continued on with it no no it's more like we're just we wanted it to be horizon zero dawn god of war we wanted it to be like that right. and it and that came is what up, all of the marketing kind of you know was, touted it out to be right. yeah and yep. it just it fell short of that so i think we're a little passionate and disappointed because what we were expecting and what we got is we saw the picture of the big mac but when you actually order the big mac we were like this doesn't look like it but it's got all the parts there right and it's it's still tasty it's just it 
you know, it's, le- it's yeah, a little, little it bit. It definitely like doesn't taste like the picture, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, anything else you want to add? I feel like I've pretty much. Yeah, I've pretty much the, the, my important stuff that I felt like I I've, needed saying. Yeah, I've pretty much said my piece. The two the two things that I highlighted here that I wanted to talk about that I think we touched on were just are we spoiled now because we have all these amazing games and something like this comes along that's really good it just doesn't meet where the bar is right now yeah I think we're a little spoiled these days I think we are a little bit spoiled and I I would yeah I'll totally admit to that and then my other point was just I, I think this game came out in the wrong year yeah. I think if you switch this and Horizon Zero Dawn when they come, two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at the scores and they seem like they're like middling to like good, mm-hmm. which I mean I feel like that's a pretty accurate statement of it. But again, I think if if this would have came out in the instead of Horizon Zero Dawn, they kind of flip flop places. I yep. think this would have been uh, a different story. Because this, I mean, this really does not feel like a, an end of a generation game. No, like it does. It, does, it feels it seems like out of HD, out of its time. It feels like an HD remake of a game that came out right at the end of the PS3 era. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Or like, or like, not even launch title, but it just does so many old things. Like even a company like Off isn't doing these types of things anymore. Yeah. They really started to evolve away from it with Odyssey and um, Division. They're really coming into their own and bringing something new to the genre rather than cycling the same tropes. That's the word I was looking for. Tropes. The same yeah, tropes now that you over and over compared again. to Ubisoft, this does uh, have a lot of similarities with how, like, for a time there, every Ubisoft game had a tower that you had to climb to. Yes. <laughs> It borrows it borrows a lot from the other games that have been from its own umbrella. Yes. It's like, oh, we have eagle points, we have these. This is mm-hmm. how the skill tree works, and this in the skills in this game, that that could have been something so cool too. Mm-hmm. And the the skills just kind of seem okay. It's like fire faster, look further, more plants. Right. So you know, you know what? Like, I think okay. the probably the best way for me at least to kind of summarize this is. It's uh, in terms of like quality, fun, like overall kind of spiel. It is not unlike a Far Cry game where it's kind of beyond the point where it's, you know, it's already made. The innovations have been made. This just Mm -hmm. kind of pulls a lot of the best of all that kind of stuff together in sort of like a, I don't want to say rehashed way, but like, um, maybe not the best contemporary use of everything. I feel like I've said contemporary so much this episode, but no, <laughs> uh, but it pulls a lot of those things together. Does it reinvent the wheel in some ways? Yeah. Does it do a lot of like, you know, new groundbreaking stuff? No. Is it fun? Yes. And yeah. I think all that same sentiment applies to a far cry game. They're really not doing anything drastically different from its predecessors, but they're always super fun to play. Yeah. Yeah, my only beef is there's other games that do this way better. Mm-hmm. And although the games of themselves aren't few and far between, I don't know, I totally lost my train of thought because I heard my cats rustling. I don't know if you heard the <laughs> screaming. Did no, you hear that? No. 
my when my male cat starts beating on my younger female cat, she like wails. She's like, <laughs> and I heard it the entire time you were talking. Like, <laughs> I hope she's not dead. And that's all I thought about. <laughs> so I have no idea. Oh, um, you were talking about Far Cry 5. This feels exactly like or you were just talking about Far Cry in general. This mm. feels exactly like Montana in Far Cry 5. Yeah. It's like setting. It, it's almost like even like how the people are dressed, how they're talking. Mm-hmm. It's almost like <laughs> like night and day. It's and it's it's nice. It's a it's refreshing to not be in a when you talk about zombie apocalypse, post apocalyptic stuff. Um, it's nice to be in like such a bright, foresty, green area and not mm-hmm. be in like a dark, drab. Th- this could have easily just been like a desert Vegas area, and yeah. that those areas are there, but. Um, the game really shines in like the forests and yeah. settings and stuff. This game makes great game use makes of great HDR good. as well. I had to shut it down because it was dipping my performance really hard. I, it, it was noticeable for me, like at some points. Um, it, it seems like it's like certain areas, and it was it wasn't enough that it, or it wasn't frequent enough or prolonged enough where I was like, oh, I'm gonna turn down all the bells and whistles. Uh, but it does. With the HDR on it, it looks really good at night. Good contrast between the night and the day. Oh, I bet. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I I really have to say about the game. I think I got my piece out. I I would recommend it, but if you haven't played any of the games that we've mentioned here that seem to take a lot of inspiration, Mm. or this game seems to take a lot of inspiration from Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War... Mm-hmm. Um, Last of Us, even Far Cry Five to a certain degree. I highly recommend playing those games. Yeah, play those as well. Mm-hmm. But don't don't discount this based on the things that we said today. I, personally, I'm having fun with it. it. The fun is few and far between, unfortunately, because there's those long gaps of of the traveling that you have to do and the talking. The the talking. There's so much talking and <laughs> walk with me and let's. Come, come here let's talk about this or go investigate this and you're just i think this this genre is getting an, a, a new breath of of life as we continue forward because the games that we've previously mentioned are totally redefining the genre mm-hmm. moving forward and i think this game sticks to a little bit of the old tropes like i mentioned earlier um i just hope that you know if there's a sequel that comes out or even some um like some DLC that comes out. I would really like to see what this game can do to keep pushing that genre forward yeah. rather than just stick to what works and stick to what's good, which it does. And it does very well. Yeah. The stuff um, that it does good, it's like it's on par and it's good, but just, I think the, yeah. probably the, the biggest detractor from this game is that it does not push its boundaries. Yes. That's, I think that's a perfect review of this game. Yeah. It's yeah. great for what it is, but it doesn't do anything new. Right. Yeah, you're not going to find anything earth-shattering or out of the ordinary, but you will find a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want just like a good solo experience, I mean, this definitely has that. Yeah, for sure fun. Like, again, I, for lack of uh, vocabulary at this (laughs) juncture, again... Contemporary trope. Let's call this episode contemporary contemporary trope. trope. Contemporary tropism. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like we, we... shouted out a lot of like negatives about this game but again i can't overstate this enough it is still a fun game it's just Mm -hmm. really tough to 
have this one stand toe to toe with the other PlayStation exclusives because they are just so good. Yeah. I don't mean to keep doing burger analogies, but if Brandon and I were to tout to you guys that there's new burger places opening and it's going to do look at how these look at all these awesome burgers on the menu kill it they're going to open and they're just going to floor it and then you finally get it you eat it and you're like yeah it's a cheeseburger like it's not doing anything different but it's not bad cheeseburgers are delicious and you're still going to eat it but you're going to be like i thought it was going to be like a special new type of cheeseburger and it's just a cheeseburger but it's a good cheeseburger (laughs) but there's other places to get really good cheeseburgers that this place has clearly taken inspiration from right it's just it's still a good cheeseburger yeah that's what this game is. I give this game one good cheeseburger out of cheeseburger. <laughs> Episode title, Contemporary Cheeseburgers. <laughs> Contemporary Tropes, one cheeseburger. <sighs> so I guess that about does it for uh, our little uh, discussion on uh, on Days Gone. Yeah, I feel, I feel good about it. I feel like I had some dirty laundry I needed to air. Just so many things were frustrating me because wanted it to be good i wanted yeah, it to yeah. to do the thing that blew my socks off and i'm just like no why are you doing that that's dumb <laughs> that's, and, and yet, that. a, yet again we're like almost 100 percent on the same page wow yeah <laughs> while still playing this on our own separate bubbles and only talking about it today <coughs> i i really chemistry guys <laughs> I, re- I really thought uh, coming away from it that i was gonna hate on it a little bit more yeah. It's not as bad as Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Anthem burn of the week. Yeah. And uh yeah, wow, we roasted the crap out of Anthem in this episode. <laughs> but I didn't mean to. Just, it's low hanging you know, fruit. It's low hanging fruit. <laughs> it's rotten fruit at this point. Ooh. Yeah. Burn deuce. Well, are you guys playing Days Gone? What do you think of Days Gone? Uh, let us know. Comment on our Facebook. You can send us an email. You can send us an email at the GNA podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Golf November Alpha podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out, uh, if you like this podcast, you can check out some of our other podcasts uh, on the Reggie's House Podcast Network. There's the Rust Belt Risters, a Pittsburgh Penguin podcast, as well as Greedo Shot First, a podcast about Star Wars and anything freaking related to Star Wars. <laughs> Those guys just wrapped up all their talks on the uh, the Star Wars celebration. Mm-hmm. So I think they're finally coming back at it this week for the yeah, new episode. They, um, their topic of discussion this week was they did a, a draft of uh, pilots. So they were kind of like putting together like a crew. Oh, Jet Porkins, first round pick. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Uh, But yeah, I just, I actually just listened to that uh, between the core over the course of yesterday and today. It's a good episode. I like that. I always like when they do their like, like fan fantasy rosters of like, you know, Mm -hmm. bounty hunters and and pilots and stuff. Those are always really fun episodes. Well, they have a very small list and roster to pick from. I'm just kidding. The Star Wars universe versus ridiculous. Leave the <laughs> and, and, and their knowledge of that is super deep. Yep. <laughs> Always surprises me. I, I, I get enjoyment from just the, the concepts that they come up with as well as hearing just this insane level of knowledge that you know they're able to just like not only that just like right the off. analysis and justification of that that they can do is off it's the great. top of their heads too we've it. seen it firsthand it's mm-hmm. ridiculous it's it's like my favorite kind of nerding out 
yeah yeah i love i love that that podcast is is wildly underrated in my opinion if you guys aren't listening to greedo and you are listening to this podcast what are you doing <laughs> um you can also catch us on facebook we stream the podcast live every day right of our roughly around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talking's not so um, easy, Andrew. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> tough. Uh, and then we'll have this audio podcast up uh, typically on Wednesday mornings. We get it up or sometimes late Tuesday nights yep. on the off chance, uh, sometimes Friday night. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have your own listener reviews, we're still looking to see what you guys think of games. Have you played Days Gone? What do you think about it? Let us know. If you have been playing some other games, we'd like to try to get that third seat rotation going. Uh, and speaking of which... What you plan? Yeah, what you plan? Uh, speaking of which, next week uh, with episode 25, we do have something a little bit more special lined up. Probably not the traditional game reviews you guys would typically be looking for from us, but maybe something a little bit different. Maybe something a little bit special. Maybe uh, maybe we'll be joined with a couple other of our friends. We'll be talking about games. Stay tuned. Definitely looking forward to doing that. Uh, that'll be going live again Tuesday um, at the same time as we mentioned before. Yeah. Um, looking, still looking for some segue music. If you happen to be listening at this point and you happen to be a musician, why don't you reach out to us and let's talk. We're looking for some segue music for our show and our yeah, audio podcast. Brandon, is there anything that I missed here? Uh, I think that uh, pretty much covers all of it. Yep. And uh, just to bookend the show here, don't forget, uh, don't be a superhero. If you feel pain or something's wrong with your body, (laughs) make sure you go to your doctor. Uh, Don't do what I did. And don't almost die. And then come back a week later resurrected. (laughs) And as always, I I know Brandon and I were very disappointed in a lot of the things that Days Gone did, but we still love the game. Mm -hmm. We're still having fun with it. And at the end of the day, no matter what the score is, no matter what other people are saying and what the reviews come in as, just remember, the only opinion that matters is your own. Yes, sir. We'll see you next week. <sighs> Say, don't forget to subscribe. Don't go